Hey, you're listening to the Canadian Asian Missional Podcast. Today, we're continuing our series on creative engagements, creative ways to live out on mission, to disciple, and to live in community. And we got a really awesome episode for you guys today. And today, we have two special guests. We have Justice Ao and Tim Ma. What's going on? How are you guys doing? Good, 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 good. good. We're doing fine. How about yes, you? I'm. I'm doing good. I've been looking forward to this. Oh yeah. Same yes. Here. Yes. It's like going up for a layup and dunking. <laughs> I, I hope I. I Those hope, are two different things. Really? Ah, uh, well. This kind is kind of. This, kind of, of, this yes. is how much I know about <laughs> basketball, which is actually what we're going to be talking about today. But before we jump into that, I'm going to ask our guests, Justice and Tim, to introduce themselves, share a little bit about who you are. And a little bit about your own faith journey. Hey, how's it going? So my name's Tim. I guess to start off, I grew up in the church, like many other Asian Christians. I guess growing up in the church, something that I really enjoyed as being part of church was the sports that was associated with it. Yeah. Through fellowships and youth groups, would have basketball nights. Our old church even had a ping pong tournament at one point. So nice. Yes. Uh, My dad used to force me into it. So (laughs) I see I'm half decent at ping pong. Just a regular, uh, I guess, kid growing up in the church. But I think one thing as I grew older, how I felt I created stronger bonds within the church, not only through fellowship or small group, was also through drop-in basketball. Yeah. Um, so at our church, SCBC, we have drop-in basketball on Wednesdays and Saturdays. I run both of them. Before I ran them, I actually got to meet a lot of cool people like that are older than me and nice. kind of my mentors. So yeah, that's kind of like my journey throughout the church and the sports that was associated with it. On the side, I'm relatively a recent graduate. I work as a physiotherapist at a mm-hmm. hospital. Very sporty. <laughs> yeah, that's the... It all ties together. <laughs> yeah, that's the stereotype. All physiotherapists are like jocks. <laughs> yeah, no, so that's that's me. On a side, I don't only do sports. I like music as well. Nice. So I Very try, nice. Yeah, I try to play the piano once in a while. Very nice. Now, do you feel that having learned piano, your fingers are stronger for basketball? Is that how it works? Oh, man. Well... On the side, apart from piano, I also play the violin. What? <laughs> so in violin, you actually need very fine uh, motor skills. Oh. So it's actually the opposite. Okay. No, no, no. But like, if you if you have like slight little movements to control the ball, when you, see once again, I'm just making this stuff up because I don't know anything about playing basketball. Do you not play piano? I know how to play piano. Okay. I know how to play piano, but like basketball, I'm like I just bounce it with my palm or whatever, like that. So yeah, you could you could tell me whatever you want, and I'd probably believe you it. Believe me, yeah. No, actually, what's <laughs> funny was uh, my violin teacher when I was younger. He's like Tim, don't work out. I'm like, Why? don't don't work out. Don't, don't work, work out. out. <laughs> really? And he's like, yeah. If you get too strong, like too jacked, your muscles are gonna like kill the violin. Really? <laughs> yeah. Won't you be able to just play like more like aggressively? Well, no, it's so, it's so small that you'll crush it. <laughs> okay. You'll press too hard that the yeah. finesse is gone. All right. Yeah. Hey, I'm learning new things today. Yeah. All right, Justice. What's up? It's your boy, Justice. Yes, yes. Um, a little bit about my faith journey. I, like Tim, I grew up in the church. Grew up in the same church as him. But for me, I never really had this relationship with God, even though I grew up in the church. It wasn't mm-hmm. until when I got older, uh, much later in high school, but more specifically in university, when I got connected with a, a Christian uh, group on campus called Power to Change, and they really helped me understand uh, my identity in Christ and um, really what it means uh, to be a follower of Christ and how the gospel really affects me and how that relates to me and how that impacts me. And throughout university, just being discipled and mentored by uh, numerous people, it just grew my faith stronger and 
yeah, it was just God doing his work uh, during undergrad. Awesome. And then yes. from there, I ended up actually working for that uh, Christian group that made a big impact in my life for a couple of years. I uh, went overseas to Denmark on missions for a year with them. And then coming back recently, I started my seminary career. So currently I am a seminary student at Tyndale Seminary doing my Master's of Divinity in Pastoral Ministry. But I'm also interning at a church called One Church TO. And on the side, I'm also a barista at Starbucks. Yes. So doing a lot of different things. And one of the things at this church, my responsibility is running and overseeing their sports ministry, specifically basketball. Very nice. Very nice. You guys both are also Canadian Asian. Yeah, so 100%. What, what does that mean for you guys? What does it mean to be a Canadian Asian? That's a good question. I'm not going to lie. It's kind, of, it's kind of hard to think of what it means to be a Canadian Asian because sometimes I feel more Canadian than Asian. Hmm. Even though like my roots is Chinese, that's my background. But a lot of what I grew up in and learning and what the culture in Canada right. has taught me, a lot of it doesn't really go and align with the Chinese culture. Mm-hmm. So I always tell people I feel like I'm like a banana. You know? Right. I'm yellow on the outside, but I feel white on the inside. Sure. So there's that Western Asian culture combined. And sometimes with life and decisions you make, they clash together. So it's hard to answer what it, what it means to be a Canadian Asian because it comes with a lot of complexity. I feel like it really depends on the neighborhood you grew up in. I grew up in a relatively Asian dominant community. Okay. Our, in Scarborough. In Scarborough, yeah. yes. I went to school called Asian Court, but the joke was it was called Asian Court because <laughs> everyone there was Asian. But I guess like what I noticed in terms of being Asian and Canadian was when I ventured outside of Toronto, like to the cottage or to like yeah. other parts of Can- Ontario. I'm like, oh, okay. Like <laughs> it's a lot more like different than where I'm from. Sure. A lot less Asians. <laughs> a lot less Asians. Yeah, That's right. Yeah. Kind of like justice, like sometimes I don't really think about it. But um, yeah, when you travel to different places, you just think more about it. Oh, okay. It's interesting because it, maybe this is off topic, but when people ask me, what is it like being, like, especially when I was in Denmark, uh, Danish people are like asking, oh, what's Toronto like? And I'm like, yeah, it's diverse. But then when I really think about it, where I live, it's not really diverse because it's a hub of Asian. It, it's so true because... Even as multicultural and diverse as Toronto is, it seems like there's just pockets of groups. Yeah. It's not so much that everyone is intermingled with one another, maybe except for downtown, maybe. But even downtown, there's you know different areas which are predominantly certain cultures, right? Yeah. yeah. It's a very interesting place to live. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting place to live, for sure. Sports ministry is a big thing, and both of you guys have made mention of it as it's related to your own lives and the ways that you guys have been involved. Like, we're talking about creative engagements, we're talking about ways in which we get to know people and be able to journey alongside other people, so I'm excited for tonight's conversation. But before we jump into that, I do have a few other questions I need to ask. Very recently, there was a shot made by one of the Toronto Raptors that had three or four bounces off the rim before it went in. And it was like crazy because it was like right at the buzzer. So what were your thoughts when you saw that? Because that was like to win that game. That was a huge win. Was it to win the series too? Uh, Yeah. Game seven. It was game seven. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And everyone was telling me that this is like 
the 18 year redemption of Vince Carter yeah. and and all this and like I don't follow NBA as closely but I'm like wow that was a crazy shot so what was your initial reaction when you saw yeah so it's funny because I remember it clear as day of what happened I was somewhere at Times Square in Richmond Hill eating uh, ice cream with my family and we pulled our phone up to watch the game because you know <laughs> yes it was there's like a minute left and we were just standing outside um leaning against the wall all of us huddled against this tiny phone and then we see the shot and afterwards when it went in my entire my entire family we just yelled and screamed <laughs> and they're like beside us there's this like alley bubble tea place and there's a bunch of different other stores and people are like what's going on it was just my family and I, we yelled and we were like, oh, that's crazy. Ah. That but, wasn't yeah, crazy. It was crazy. It was so crazy. Yes. It's funny because during the game or during the final moment, our church basketball team was actually, it was during halftime of the game. <laughs> so um, everyone, including the refs and the other team were huddled around. Like we were, we had like each team had their own phone, one phone per team. Yes. And then like when he made the shot in, like the whole gym just like erupted. Yes. And we're just like. Who needs to finish the game? We, we <laughs> yeah. won already. Yeah. Did anyone try to make that shot when you guys were playing your game? You're like, no, no, I can do it. I can do it. No, no, no. no. <laughs> so let's jump in today to talk a little bit about what you guys are very much involved in, which is sports ministry. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily have to be about basketball. Mm -hmm. So you guys, if you guys have had experiences like ping pong, as you said, or, you know, if you've been doing softball yeah. or whatnot. But what have those experiences been like for you guys? What is it about sports that really connects with people? Yeah, I think what connects people in sports is it just brings unity, especially when you play in a team. So yeah, basketball is one of the things I do, but I'm also heavily involved with softball as well. Yeah. It's like my fall and uh, winter sport is basketball, but then when it comes to spring and summer, it's softball. So I play on a men's slow pitch competitive team. Mm -hmm. And on that team, we have a lot of Christians, but we also have some non-Christians as well. And just the beauty of sports is that whatever race, whatever beliefs you believe in, it just, you're accepted. Mm -hmm. uh, we're united, especially when you play together. It just brings this whole unity yeah. and this bond. Sounds like it's a common ground. It is a common can, ground. People can come on. Yeah, yes, yeah for sure. Yeah, I totally agree. I think even looking at the bigger stage, like the Olympics, for example. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right now, there's some political tension within different countries. And then I guess like Olympics, yeah, sure, countries want to show themselves off. But at the same time, I think athletes are making friends with other countries. Yeah. Mm. Uh, despite these uh, differences. Sure. So I think sports is very powerful. And um, personally, I think I've been able to build a lot of relationships through it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's fun as well. And I think... Not everyone can just go out and drink coffee and talk to each other for like three hours each day. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, sport, you get a good workout in. And at the same time, when you're sitting on the bench, that's when those meaningful conversations or even small conversations happen. Mm -hmm. Sure. So I think as I grew older, I learned to value those a lot more. For sure. Yeah, those more meaningful connections. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And this kind of ties into the question that I'm going to follow up with. What encourages you guys in sports ministry? Like, What are some of those outcomes that you really do celebrate? I think in terms of outcomes, before, like, within talking about, like, a ministry perspective, when I was very, like, starting the sports ministry, I try to quantify it. For example, it's like, how many people did I bring to church? How many people did I sure, uh, talk yeah. with on the team? But I think, like, as I grew older, first off, we don't, we're not the ones that change people's hearts. It's God. Most importantly, it's also important to pray for the people, even before going to playing basketball or whatever, just to set your mindset 
in terms of just being focused in terms of trusting God in every conversation you have. Yes. Because I find a lot of times like when I don't pray and when I just like go straight in there playing basketball, I just focus so much on basketball. Right. Sometimes a little, I'm a little bit prideful, so I always want to win the game. So uh, <laughs> sportsmanship takes a toll. Sure. <laughs> um, so I guess in terms of outcomes wise, I think once I become more relationship focused, just being able to, even when I look back at the day, like who did I talk with? How's the conversation? Sure. Not really measuring it, but just seeing where my heart is at. I think ultimately when you show that you want to connect with people, like other people can see that, they appreciate it. I really appreciate what you said about, you know, praying before even stepping into the court, right? And to be thinking about, you know, praying before you are even there so that you would have the right attitude, you would have the right heart, but also to be conscious and aware and attentive that God is there and that God is working through this. And that changes everything, right? It changes, it's, it's the distinction between, you know, just coming together to play a game or like, or to, you know, to, to compete against one another. It's what separates it from like any drop in or whatnot, right? Like, you know, there is a sense that God is at work and God is present. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely important to celebrate the wins. I think a lot of times for people who are leading the ministries, we are hard on ourselves and we never, it's hard for us to see the wins or mm. things to, to celebrate first. You have to define that. What is a win? Yeah. What's a win? I think a big win is how I have non-believers and believers coming to me and telling me that they really enjoy the culture of um, how we do things at basketball. Mm, yeah. Because something that you mentioned earlier was, oh, this is not like your typical drop-in. Yeah. Um, for the basketball Saturday morning basketball that I run or myself and the church and my team, when we run it, we emphasize equal playing time for everyone. We also create a culture where we're constantly investing in people and sure. building those relationships and talking to them on the side, whether they're sitting on the bench or um, just making them feel welcomed. And they've been there have been some people that have said, oh, I really like this place. There's something about this place that is different mm. than other places that we go to. They enjoy the people. People are everyone that comes out are very nice. Um, they welcome. They feel welcomed. Sure. They, they also enjoy that it's not super competitive. So that's the thing. We try to emphasize that we're not like, you know, we're not eight out of ten competitiveness. We're <laughs> we're we're only like a two out of ten. Sure, there are some people who are extra competitive, but the culture that we're trying to create is that everyone, all ages all genders as well. We have some uh, women that come out as well. Mm -hmm. We also have some youth, um, some kids that come out. Um, every skill level, that you're all welcomed. We're here to create a community um, where we can just have fun, um, enjoy the game of basketball together, and just just exercise as well. Yeah. So that's a win to celebrate is when people approach you and be like, hey, there's something different about this place yeah. compared, to, compared to other basketball places that they go to. Um, and they when they see a difference and they tell you that, it's something to celebrate about. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And something that you guys both mentioned that it is people-oriented. It's people-focused, right? It's not about the game. It's focused on the people, the people that you encounter, the people that you get a chance to chat with and sit with and, you know, to be able to welcome them in as well, right? Uh, another win that I see in our basketball ministry is before we, we play basketball, we start off with prayer. And then when we end our basketball, we close with prayer. Mm. And sometimes for a lot of newcomers um, or first-time comers, if they're non-believers, they might be like, oh, what is this that you guys are doing? Right. But 
we have regulars who have been with us for a long time and they've still stuck till the end for prayer. You can you had the option to leave whenever you want. Right. But there are a lot of non-believers that will still stay with us till the very end, even when we pray. That's so cool. And the thing is, we open it up to everybody. We always ask, uh, is anyone going through something this week, whether through family, with your work or um, whatever? Um, we want to offer this time to pray for you guys and mm-hmm. emphasizing, hey, this is a community. And we get people who are believers and non-believers actually share and ask for a prayer request. Not everyone will do that, but some people will say something like, for example, someone said, oh, like someone just passed away in my family or I need healing for this or whatever. So it's really cool that people still stay and stick till the very end, even though you're doing things that to some people aren't normal, especially like when it comes to prayer. Because yeah. a lot of non-believers are like, what is praying? Right. So that's that's a huge win is like people still stay, even though you're also like doing things that you would normally do to like in a church or part of your faith. Yeah, for sure. And that's, you know, that's a great way just to journey alongside another person and to support them and to, and just to know that, you know, you're caring for them by praying for them. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's such a cool next step to take. You know, you're able to kind of find intentional ways to continue developing those relationships and also be able to show who you are, right? You are a person who trusts in God and that's why you pray, right? Mm. And so people will see that and you can foster those type of relationships and that can be an element in the relationship you have with another person, right? Mm. So essentially uh, what we started this season was we started kind of like a men's study. So before each practice, we would have dinner together and then we'll watch kind of like a video on kind of like what it means biblically to to be a man. Mm -hmm. And everyone's invited uh, on our team, there are Christians that even show up and eat with us and they watch a video with us. Uh, after the video, we kind of discuss and we talk about our own past, how we view manhood and kind of like our history in terms of our relationships, our yeah. relationship with our parents, our significant others, and how this all ties within the Bible. But we also get the perspectives of non-Christians as well. Sure. So I think it's really neat in terms of sharing our perspectives with non-Christians. And the discussions we have, I find, are very fruitful because we do share pretty deeply right? Um, about different successes, different wounds that we've had. And we just try to encourage each other uh, as men sure. uh, to grow. Mm. I, I love that whole concept of making space for people to connect with one another, people to share and to be open, and making space for for how the Spirit would lead, right? In terms of being vulnerable and sharing and, and being open with one another and going deeper into life. And so that's so awesome. Yeah. Now let's flip the question around a little bit. What are some of the challenges you guys have experienced or seen as part of sports ministries? So my, my background with sports ministry currently, as I mentioned previously, I'm running a basketball team that kind of represents our church. But w- within that team, we have uh, Christians, non-Christians, some people who kind of drifted away from the church as well. So kind of like a variety of people, yeah. uh, different in their faith journey. So one challenge was we play in this league called TCBL, uh, and there are different tiers in this league, right? Tier one all the way to tier nine. Uh-huh. We start in tier four, and we're like, yeah, this is going to be a great season. We practice every Wednesday. <laughs> so so first, hopeful and optimistic. I love it. Exactly. And I then first it. season, inaugural season, we start off the season, I think, one and five, one and six. <laughs> Classic. And we're like, all right, all right. Like we get we get bumped out first round playoffs. So we're like, okay, it's just the first season. It's okay. So we play our second season, and then 
we finish the season with one and six again. <laughs> and then we get bumped out first round playoffs. And to add insult to injury, the league organizer bumps us down one tier. So from tier four, we got bumped down to tier five. <laughs> Demoted. <laughs> so the story goes on. Uh, we play for a couple more seasons. Currently, right now, we're in tier eight. <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> and the higher like, the number, the better, right? Exactly. Obviously. Quantity <laughs> over quality, right? <laughs> You're overly qualified. Yes, absolutely. Yes. But I guess one of the challenges was, um, despite our losing record, um, I guess team morale was a big thing. Mm. For me, like, honestly, losing, like, it kind of sucks. I kind of tried to remind myself the bigger picture of what we're trying to do. Yeah. And for some reason, like, the players, most of them still stuck with our team, despite our losing efforts. And some of these players are really good players. They can sure. easily bounce to a tier one team if they wanted to. Wow. Great. Um, but they still stayed for some reason. And I think that was a challenge in terms of, like, losing. But I think God really helped us stay unified as a team. Yeah. Personally, as one of the, I guess, coaches of the team, I try to stay as optimistic as possible. And this season, I guess, currently our record's five wins and one loss. Wow. So things are finally looking up. You know, let's not get too optimistic yet. The spirit of the Lord is with you. (laughs) That's right. right. (laughs) Who can stand against you? (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. But you know what? Even what you were sharing, I think that's part of sports, right? It's not only just to win, but... When you do lose, how do you lose? Do you lose well? Who do you lose with, you know, in terms of your own teammates? And how do you guys work through that together? And like you said, you know, to be able to be still hopeful and optimistic and more focused on the people, I think that's that's very important, right? Sure. Yeah. I have a different perspective on my end. I think for me, obviously, like I'm not in, not in the same situation as Tim, like being in a league and running a team like that. Uh, for me, one of the challenges that I face is uh, when it comes to developing like my leaders uh, in the ministry, the volunteers. Mm-hmm. I think right now, a lot of churches, something that we struggle with is developing leaders in the church with or within the church. And sometimes when you have a responsibility for a ministry, it's easier for someone to just run it yourself mm-hmm. instead of actually investing and building time into training up and mentoring discipling leaders for that role. Yeah. And God's challenged me that this year. I have some volunteers who work alongside with me. You know, it's great that we're running it together, but everyone, some people, they have other commitments. They can't always be there. Currently, like some of them are planning to drop out as volunteers and there's just, there's like no one except for me left. Right. And a challenge is I want to be building leaders uh, instead of just doing it all myself. Yeah. And it seems like it's it's so tough to do that right now when sure. people are leaving. And on a like evangelism aspect in terms of the sports ministry, what something that I've been learning constantly is how obviously like it takes time for people to come to faith, but also to even build a relationship with yeah, you. For sure. And especially since I just jumped into this role uh this year in January, uh for those individuals that have been coming out. I'm still building relationships with them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I can get impatient where I just want to have deep conversations with them, where I want to have uh, just conversations about faith or other things, um, not just your, how, how's your week or da 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 da. Sure. So, uh, one another challenge is being patient and uh, trusting that when the time comes to have those right conversations, God will allow you to have that and he'll give you the opportunity to right but the main priority right now is to continue focus on building those friendships and relationships and being intentional with them 
and not having this mindset of having an agenda to convert them, but it's right. more of, Hey, like I want you guys to like come play basketball, but at the same time, there's also something that you guys are missing. I want you guys to experience the same thing that I'm experiencing. That sure. brings me great joy. I'll do a gentle pushback against that, which yeah. I would say that they are experiencing it as they get to know you and mm-hmm. as they are there. Right. And it doesn't have to be this big bait and switch. It's like, Hey, come and play basketball. And then it's like, Hey, do you know Jesus? (laughs) Right. Right? It's like, do you know where you're going? If you die tonight, (laughs) like, (laughs) like not, not, none of those canned, you know, formulas and such like that. I think, you know, around this table, we're kind of realizing that that might not be the way to kind of approach things these days, but no, they, they are experiencing the gospel through you and, Mm. you know, through each one of us, when we are loving them the, the way that God loves them, when mm. we are attentive to what God might be doing in their life and just just speaking, you know, life into them and speaking yeah. joy and speaking good news into them, even if it's not, hey, Jesus died for your sins, but sometimes it's like, you know, we have a hope that cannot be lost mm-hmm. in, in God. Yeah, I think, that, you know, there's, a, there's, there's, of course, there's a lot of nuance in it mm-hmm. and there's, there's got to be sensitivity I think one of the things I've I've appreciated more in seeing people in in sports ministry is that it's just the way they lead. It's just the way that they take time and effort to get to know people. And to see Christ in them Mm -hmm. is already uh, a great witness in Mm -hmm. itself. Of course. Yeah. And one of the guys that I always look up to, it's something that we talked about before we started our podcast is Jeremy Lin. Yeah. Uh, He plays for the Raptors and, some people know this, some people don't know, but he's actually a faithful follower of Christ. Mm-hmm. And whether he's off the court or on the court, he always gives glory to God and he always represents Christ through his actions and through how he speaks and how he lives his life. So likewise, and when we do our sports ministries, whatever, if it's in basketball or softball or ping pong, swimming club, whatever it is, um, you are right, John. It's how we represent Christ through how we live our lives. Mm-hmm. And that is our hope is that when people see us, they don't just see John. They don't just see Tim. They don't just see justice, but they see a reflection of Christ's image. Yeah. And that's my hope. Yeah. Every week and every day. Yeah. And that's living life on mission. Right? Yes. Exactly. That's living life on mission. It's It's just to be able to extend God's presence and love and to be intentional with the relationships that we do have in whatever opportunity God gives us, mm. right? And I love that basketball and sports can be a part of that. It's mm-hmm. so awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Part of showing love in sports ministry is also, um, as you all know, in sports, there are injuries. Mm-hmm. For myself, my profession is as a physio. So I guess when I see my teammates injured, for example, I had a teammate that tore ACL, one way I could show Christ's love to them is actually seeing how they're doing. I remember I visited them at home one time after their surgery, just to kind of give them tips on what to do and yeah. um, to really just show that I care for them. And then I told them, um, asked if I could pray for them as well. They weren't comfortable with me praying with them, but I still told them I'll still pray for them. Mm-hmm. But even for people who aren't uh, physiotherapists or health professionals, I think there's a great opportunity to show love, even when someone like sprains their ankle afterwards, after a game or before, during a game. And maybe after the game, you can call the person and ask them how they're doing, yeah. uh, whether they got home safely, or you can even drive the person home. Sure. So I think with the bad, there's also good with it. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of opportunity to show Christ's love through these moments. Yeah. Yeah. We had something similar for our basketball where one morning we're playing and this older gentleman, maybe in his 30s or 40s, 
I, he turned around and then instantly like fell to the ground. Oh, and no. there was a snap. It was actually his femur. Oh, and that's the hardest wow. bone to break. Whoa. And instantly he was just shouting in pain, screaming in pain. And um, everyone just stopped what they're doing. The leaders of the church, a lot of us, we just quickly went to him and started praying for him. And you have a lot of non-believers as well, just like even huddling around. Yeah. And just ho- hoping this guy is going to pull through and having to call the ambulance and everything. Each week people would start asking us, oh, like, how is this guy doing? Or even we have a WhatsApp group, so people be messaging, hey, like, how are you doing? So it's, yeah, when it comes to injuries, the word that keeps coming to my head is, like, intentionality. Mm-hmm. Is whether you're injured or what, let's say you're talking to someone on the side and you're asking them about their week and they said something about their family or whatever. And then the week after, you follow up with asking, oh, how was the situation? Right. That makes an impact in someone's life when you actually show that you care for what they're going through or you care for their injury you want to you know serve them and how can i best help you how can i help treat you whatever it is definitely does make an impact on someone's life when they know that someone actually does care and it's not just oh we just come here to play but there's actually genuine relationships no this is something i've never ever thought about how injuries can be that opportunity for care and ministry to happen. We're never going to wish an injury on a person. (laughs) Just so it's like, I hope you get injured so I can love you. (laughs) But, you know, like, but but when it happens, and it does happen in sports because there's contact and everything like that, you know, how do you respond to it in a way that does show Christ? Yeah. And so I do have to ask a question. And one of you guys mentioned this earlier. But in any sport, there is this element of competition. So what does it mean in terms of ministry when there's competition in the mix? How does ministry look? <laughs> like uh-huh. how does, you know, how can you be intentional when competition might be on people's minds, right? Yeah. Oh, it's definitely something that I face weekly. <laughs> Not for like myself. Uh, I think for me I'm able to to balance and separate the two. Sure. But as someone who is the overseer and as an observer, you can see that the competition and your faith, when you mix those two together, it's sometimes sports brings the worst out of you. And <laughs> I, I've seen that. I've seen that in my leaders. I've seen that in other, you know, people who are Christian, who are not Christian, whatever it is. I think how I approach it is just reminding people why we're here. Yeah. You know, if we wanted to play competitive, like super competitive basketball, we wouldn't be here um, on a Saturday morning. Right. You would would go somewhere else. You can go to a a league or you can join another basketball run. But just reminding them the culture that we're creating in this environment, in this space, in this building, um, it's all age, all skill. Yeah. And having to just remind people of what's the real reason we're here playing, um, I think that helps. Uh, them separate the two or help them remember oh like yeah i can't go too hard because this is not the place for that (laughs) right yeah you know that's something like really important to keep in mind like i've i've heard stories of like christian softball leagues and you know they they bring in this you know these couple guys and they look like they play for the major (laughs) leagues and (laughs) it's like really what's going on what's going on here but tim what what's your experience in in kind of you know navigating through that tension of having that competitive side of sports? Yeah, that's a great question. I think even like looking outside of just what we do, but like even like professional sports where sports have such a powerful 
potential good impact. Yeah, for uh, sure. You look at like uh, you see teams like our players doping, like taking steroids and like cheating mm-hmm. in the game. There's like unsportsmanlike conduct during the field, and kids are watching these professional athletes like throw each other to the ground during like a basketball game, for example. Right. So I think looking back at what I do, I think it all starts with because I am a very competitive guy. Uh, that's why I say like I sometimes have to pray before um, I should be praying before I play because saying my mindset is first and foremost important because you can really help set the tone at the gym as well by having yeah. a good mindset. Yeah. Uh, the way you uh, treat other players, like even if they sh- uh, score on you and you just say, hey, good shot. Sure. Other players notice that. And usually they say one bad apple spoils the the basket, right? <laughs> yeah. But I think having a good apple as well can actually influence other people to like. Yes. Yes. As well, right? Yeah, yes, for sure. That's really good. Yeah. So I think like I just try to do my part and um, being the role model because um, when I do like drop in basketball, there's younger kids that play with us as well, um, especially on Saturdays. They're in mm-hmm. high school. And then if they see like an older guy, like if they're just like whipping the ball at the wall every time they miss or like, right. yeah. just, like stomping their feet, then they might emulate or simulate what you do, like reflect what you do as well. Yeah. So yeah, just being the role model for them. And if you do see like, I do see, and Justice can um, add on to this. I do yeah. see fights break out sometimes. Sure. Oh yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> um, is it? Are they? Are they thinking it's like multi-sport? You literally go from like basketball to wrestling and mixed martial arts. Well, no. Sometimes, there... like for example, let's say I'll speak on two sports that I've experienced: uh, basketball and softball. <laughs> for basketball, let's say you got a hard fou- uh, foul. Someone fouled you hard, and it was unnecessary. People get heated up. Sure. And you know, at that time. Like because of the adrenaline, because of what just happened to you, uh, you're super mad. You're going to want to do something to someone. Uh, same with softball. I've experienced my teams I've played for where there was people start get going out of their bench to the mound. Wow. Yeah. So we had to actually step in and like pull people out. And that also affects how you play as well because um, let's say the fight breaks out. Um, the next time you hit, you, you're trying to purposely hit pitcher or when you're running on base, you're trying to like purposely slide into someone's feet. Mm. So it can get messy yeah. um, when, when fights break out. But I think it's important in those moments. And just like what Tim said as well is choosing your mood when you're playing, whether before you go on the court, before you go on the diamond, um, or even during the court and during the diamond is really having to humble ourselves and yeah. even when we catch ourselves uh, being too competitive because sometimes I can also be too competitive and sometimes my actions reflect on my competitiveness or if someone did something to me and I want to get back at that person I'll do something <laughs> all the time. you know you know what I mean right we all have those moments sure, but yeah I think what's important is after when that happens is recognizing that oh we shouldn't have done that and we need to humble ourselves and actually even go to the person and apologize right. oh, for what we did to them and also even go back to the Lord and say, hey, I'm sorry that during this time I was a bit more aggressive yeah. or I said something I shouldn't have said. Yeah, it's the way of Jesus, mm. the way of forgiving, the way of grace. And yet it'd be so hard. Yeah, it <laughs> so is. Hard, yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So just to wrap up this episode, I have one final question to ask you guys. And that is in an age where it seems at least there are now more options available to people in their lives. And it's seemingly like, you know, people would be, you know, more inclined to, you know, stay at home or play video games or whatnot than playing sports and such. And maybe this is just my perspective and I could be completely wrong, but where do you guys see the future 
of sports ministry going? What do you think are, you know, the next five, 10 years of sports ministry? It's a great question. I think just looking at kids or even adults in general, I think our population is getting more sedentary mm. um, with what you said, like the convenience, like Uber Eats, Uber, Netflix. Right, right. Well, for me, like working as a physical therapist, I'm a, I'm a big advocate on exercise. Sure. So I do my part, I guess, with my patients on advocating for exercise. But I don't know. I find at the moment uh, with, with my sports that I'm running, I don't necessarily have too big of a trouble getting people to come. Mm-hmm. But you, I guess in the future that only time will tell. But I guess we need to be more intentional about reaching out to others in that sense. If the numbers do kind of decline or drop in to kind of promote our, our program. Right. I know our church, we post posters on the wall during the summertime. Say, yeah, come yeah. drop in basketball Saturday. And yeah, I'm more than happy to meet new people and like introduce them to everyone else who plays. So I think just being more, taking more initiative in terms of just promoting physical activity yeah. and what you're kind of doing at the moment. Mm, very nice. What do you think, Justice? Yeah, I think sports ministry is definitely the future for if you want to reach out to people to come into our church. I had one person tell me, oh, sports ministry, like you can't, there's nothing's going to happen. People just come to play. Mm. And when that person said that to me, I was actually a bit upset, but I'm also like, no, I don't think sports ministry has to be like that, where people just come in and and just to play. I think sports ministry is the future of where the church is heading towards um, inviting people into our building and opening ourselves more to the community Yeah, because it's harder to invite someone to come to a service, but it's much easier to invite someone to come to a drop-in or kind of join a softball team or um, even like, uh, like fitness. There's churches that I know who run some sort of, you know, workout program Saturday mornings. Right. So it is... So the common ground that brings people together, which is sports or physical activity, that allows them to step into the church. And when they step into the church, they might not be their initial thoughts. I'm just here to play or I'm here to work out, whatever it is. But you develop that relationship. And throughout time, through little invitations or um, just them knowing and trusting you that hey, like you are an attendee or you're a leader at this church, at some point... You continue to invite them to a service or to a special event. Maybe they'll end up being like, "Hey, I'm I'm curious. Like, what is it that yeah you guys actually do here?" So I think that's kind of where we're headed, in, especially in this postmodern era. Yeah, for sure. Um, in order to reach not just the young adults or the adult, but even the youth. So it's really important, in my opinion. I think the problem, or not the problem, but the thing that might be a struggle is. Once we get them in to join our program and play, um, how do we not just get stuck in that limbo of we're just playing and mm. um, we're just, you know, having a great time, but how can we uh, be intentional, but um, what can we do to take that next step or to go a step further of just, mm-hmm. you know, playing? And I think that's something that we now in the today's era have to figure out. Uh, in today's leaders of the church, we have to figure out um, what's the next step after inviting them and after the people coming on a regular basis? Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to figure that out too. So it's an ongoing process for me. All right. That is it for our episode. Thank you so much, Justice and Tim, for being on this podcast. Thanks for inviting us. Oh, man. It was a lot of fun. I learned a lot and I know almost nothing about sports. <laughs> so. 
Yes, if you have not done so already, please remember to rate and review and subscribe to our podcast. That helps us to get this conversation out there and to reach more people. And please remember to share it as well and share it to other people that you might think that this would be helpful for their own journey and for wherever they're at in their life. You could always reach us through Facebook, Twitter, or email as well. We love hearing from you guys. Our hope is that these conversations really will continue to help you journey and to wrestle through what does it mean to live on mission as a Canadian Asian? What are some of the things to unpack and to wrestle with God with? And so you've been listening to the Canadian Asian Missional Podcast, and we hope you'll join us on this journey. See you next time.